welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And today on the show, we are talking about propeller property investments and unfortunately, an application has been made to put them into liquidation. Now, I tell you what, Andrew, I was a bit hesitant to record this show because it might seem like we're beating somebody while they're down. Well, look, Propeller are a competing company with us and they're going through a bit of a rough time. And only a few weeks ago, we did challenge them on their numbers. Look, I'll tell you now, it wasn't received very well by Nikki. And so we did think twice about actually recording this, but there's been a whole lot of chatter on the Property Investors Chat group of people, you know, a little bit concerned to have bought through Propeller. What does this mean for me? There have been questions from some of our staff wondering, okay, well, if their investors ask them what happens if Opus had the same thing. What would that mean for us as clients? So we need to address the elephant in the room. And similarly, on top of that, you know, what if you're a propeller client? What does it mean for you? And if you're wanting to invest through a property investment company, how do you avoid working with a company that might go through some some troubles and potentially not give you the support that you thought you might have in the future? So let's go through it. First of all, Andrew, walk us through what has actually happened. Okay, so there are three applications that have been made by the IRD, the Inland Revenue Department, and we can assume that that's because of unpaid taxes. Now, they are Propeller Property Investment, which is the coaching business, similar to Opus. There's Metropolis Design and Metropolis Property Management. Design does the furniture packages that we spoke about, and Property Management does property management. So again, all three of those companies have got an application pending a high court case to decide whether or not the companies are going to be liquidated. And we're recording this on the 22nd of June. So one of the dates for the hearings is actually tomorrow, which is for the property management company. So that must have been the first of the applications. Now, look, what does it mean when a company is liquidated? Well, if the IRD goes through this process and successfully has the court agree to liquidate the company, then all the assets will be sold off. All the debts will be paid, IRD and anyone else that's registered, and remaining money would go back to the shareholders. Now, it's really important if you're listening to the show that you understand that as of recording, 22nd of June, none of the companies have been liquidated yet. They're not in liquidation right now. They're not in liquidation right now, and they're not going through that process, and they could very well be turned around. There could be an arrangement made again. There must have been an arrangement made in the past, or it sounds like there was an arrangement made in the past which hasn't been stuck to by the companies, and so therefore the IRD are taking a stronger approach to this now. Yeah, and actually I saw a press release just before we hit record from Propeller basically saying that was the situation. There was a tax liability, they were paying it off, unfortunately some of those payments didn't get made, they're hoping to come to a new arrangement, and in fact I've got some quotes here from Dickie that come from one of the Stuffer articles that came out where she called it a quote heavy handed approach that the IRD was taking, and also that they are in negotiations Quote, I have done this before, we've come to an arrangement and we're fine. It's just a typical thing where they take a heavy-handed approach. We say we don't owe this and that's what it is basically. Now, obviously the truth will likely be somewhere in the middle with all of this. But the question I want to ask you, Andrew, is what do you think the likelihood is that they will go into liquidation? Obviously, just from an outsider's perspective, you don't know the details. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, full disclaimer, don't know the details, don't know the financial extent of the obligations. There are three companies though that have had this happen. Happen. So my guess is it's pretty bad. I saw that Nikki's house is on the market. My guess is that is to fund some of these IRD debts. If there's a successful sale before the court date in September, which I think it is for the main company, then she might be able to use those sale proceeds to pay it, assuming that she's able to. Okay, so she might be able to turn things around, pay some of that off. That'd be cool. Now, let's talk about what this actually means for clients, because that is the main thing. So if you are a client of Propeller Property, 
What does it mean if they if they do go into liquidation from the contract perspective? So let's yep. assume that I'm now an investor. I've purchased a property based on their recommendation and that property is currently under construction. What does it mean for that build? Yes. Now, this is why we thought it was quite important to cover this topic because a lot of people seem to be thinking that this sounded like a blue chip situation. So remember the days of the blue chip before the GFC where blue chip who were developers were selling off the plan apartments, taking deposits, using deposits for other things, and then they went into liquidation and people got cents on the dollar back on their deposits. In this case, it's important to remember that Propeller are not the developers. They recommend a product from a separate company or from separate companies that then go and build the project. Now, if they're structured the same as Opus are, and as far as I'm aware, that's correct, then they're not in between the agreement. The agreement is between a purchaser and a seller, which is with the developer. And so your contract will still carry on. Now, the thing that will change is you don't necessarily have that same support afterwards. If the company's gone, you can't go back to that company if the developer starts saying, hey, we're going to exercise a sunset clause and kick you out of it. So one of the comments that I made in the property chat group to someone that was concerned about this was, you need to get your lawyer to check the contract and find out if there's a sunset clause or if there's a price escalation clause or there's any sort of vulnerability that you have with the developer that they might try and say, hey, look, now you have to pay more money or we're going to cancel the contract. If there's nothing in the contract that allows that, then you're probably fine. You're just not going to have that ongoing support. And I think one thing I just want to point out that's a bit different than what we do at Opus is obviously they charge a compliance fee when you purchase a property, follow their recommendation. So I think it's about 6K per property sometimes fluctuates. So I think the only thing to note would be that some investors are essentially paying money for some of that support. Right, you know, not going to have. And then if the company's liquidated, I don't know what the structure of the services are in terms of what's being contracted, what that fee actually covers, but there might be some expectation of ongoing support that then doesn't come through. I guess another part to it is if you were planning on using Metropolis as your property management solution, then you probably need to find another property manager in the event that they are liquidated. Now- It is important to note though, let's say it wasn't Propeller and it was a different company. So the thing about both Propeller and Opus is that we are not recommending properties that we are building. But there are some companies that will purchase a property off a developer and then on sell it to their clients, sometimes with a markup. So let's say that it was that sort of company where they're purchasing, I don't think we can say their names, Uh, can we? We can't say their names at the moment. No, we won't say their names then. So let's say that that company has purchased properties off a developer, are on selling it to their clients. What would happen in the contractual side in that situation? I don't know the answer to that. That's a very good question. If you're in between, I think the contract would potentially be at an end. Okay, we'll have to ask Shane the lawyer about that one. Now, a big question, and I've had this from a couple of investors today, actually, asking, does it mean that other property investment companies are in trouble? Is this the first domino that's going to fall over and other property investment companies, like ourselves, uh, you know, is the Property Academy podcast going to stop? No, oh, no, no, you're stuck with us. Look, I guess I can only really speak from Opus's perspective. Uh, financially, we've been going a long time and, and financially we are very well structured to weather a bit of a downturn. From a tax perspective, we're very cautious with how we handle tax money. If money comes in and it's for GST, then we put that money aside and we pay that GST when it's due. When we pay our staff and they're on PAYE, or when I'm paying myself and I'm PAYE, then 
we pay the PAYE at the same time. All of that is kept completely separate. And that's really important from a company perspective because you've got a legal obligation and actually I believe it's a criminal offence to take that money and use it for something else. It's, it's essentially theft. And I think that in this case, it appears to be that the liquidation is less about the market and the property investment industry and more about how a set of companies were run. Yeah. Just from my outside view of the situation, don't know anything more than you guys do. But this doesn't appear to be that there's this big downturn in the property investment market, which is causing a whole heap of property investment coaches to fall over. No. This is potentially more about the business practice Practices that were used. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you have a downturn in a business, then you know you have to make the sad decision to potentially lay off staff and cut down costs and cut down office space and stuff like that. This is a tax issue. And the other things, just to say, in terms of our situation, you know, we're pretty well supported by investors, especially with the deals that are currently on the market. There are a lot of investors, particularly the more sophisticated ones, who are taking action while prices are on the decline and they're able to sneak in and get that deal. Now, other question for you, Andrew, how do you avoid using a company that could potentially fold? Because here's the thing. In this case, I don't think it was very avoidable at all, because if you look at it, you'd say, I mean, that company had been going longer than we have here at Opus. Nikki has been in the media a lot, comes across as credible. And so as an investor, I don't think you should beat yourself up if you have used that company and then think, oh, I should have seen the signs. No, I don't think there were warning signs from a, from a public perspective other than this being published in the paper this week. So I think probably the advice I'd give anyone that was worried about this is make sure you understand what needs to happen from the investment company and what parts you need to do. And that way, you know that, hey, look, if the investment company's negotiated me a really good deal and facilitated this, and they no longer exist, well, what's my backup plan? Okay, well, I need a property manager. I need to make sure I've got a broker, all of those kind of things. If you've still got those people within your artillery of guidance, then you're probably okay. It's not as fun when you don't have someone to bounce ideas off when when you know the market's a little bit harder, but you can do this alone. Plenty of people have been investing for a number of years without the assistance of someone. Yeah, so to wrap things up, I I do just want to say we absolutely wish Nikki and all of the team at Propeller Properties the very best and hopefully things do turn in the right direction where they're able to clear those liabilities and hopefully the, the company continues to be able to service all of the clients that they have. But the key message here is I would not be looking at this thinking that it's going to mean that there are a whole heap of other property investment companies that fall over in the near future. We'll still be here in 30 years recording this podcast, Andrew. <laughs> It'll be with holograms then. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, why not check out and subscribe to our YouTube? I'll link the channel down in the description. So tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find a link in there. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the news in the property market. Until next time.